chosen one! It was said that you would destroy the Sith, not join them! Behold, ladies and gentlemen, the unlimited <laughs> power of the Countdown to Nine podcast. Something different this month. We are... Uh, We've taken the show on the road. We are live at Viva Rancho Cantina in Burbank, California. Woo! Yeah. Yes! Yeah! yeah. Woo. And there are people here. And there's actually people. And some are paying attention. Yeah, well, you know. Which is he? Yeah, say something interesting. Sean, quick. We're losing them. Something interesting, Sean. We've, no, uh, that's like not what <laughs> we are part two of a, of a show here for uh, May the 4th be with you. May the 4th be with you as well. And may the 4th be with you. And tomorrow... Happy Revenge of the Sith. Oh, it's yeah. that voice means we've, we've made good on another guest. I'll, I'll uh, introduce him in just a second. Uh, let me introduce myself first. Paul Preston here with Sean Blodgett. Yeah! Of the mighty Creative Motion Entertainment. That's right. Uh, we have a lot to get to today. Our fourth episode of Countdown to Nine, covering the last of the original prequels, Revenge of the Sith. Now, as of this taping, we are 32 weeks and six days away from episode nine, uh, which has a title now. It's all that too. That's a lot. That's very a lot. exciting. Very exciting. Uh, we'll definitely be talking about that and uh, doing it all with a guest. As I mentioned, today's guest has been stealthily appearing all over the Star Wars universe as Starfighter pilot Gavin Sykes in The Phantom Menace. He voiced various aliens and other characters in The Force Awakens. Appeared in Rogue One. He was the stand-in for Hayden Christensen on today's movie of Focus, Revenge of the Sith. Christian Simpson. Woo! Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, so, uh, great. Well, be, Christian can also you know, hang out with us and talk about episode nine as well. So he's in here for the whole show. Yep. Uh, but before we talk about what's new real quick, um, you're encouraged to talk about it with us. Chime in your thoughts at themovieguys.net, countdown to nine at gmail.com, at countdown to nine and all the social media. And there's also one thing that we should have brought up that uh, we have not yet, but we'd be remiss if we didn't remember the legendary Peter Mayhew. Yes. Who yes. passed away this week at 74 years old. He played Chewbacca the Wookiee from 1977 Star Wars right up to 2015's The Force Awakens. That's 38 years of Chewie. Yep. Yeah. I also uh, heard an interview or somebody was talking about him on NPR. They were doing like a memorial thing. And I didn't know he wrote a children's book which I thought was interesting. It's called Growing Up Giant. It's a graphic novel based on the true story of war and shortages faced by a young giant on his journey to find a place in the world. It was intended for children and adults. Yeah, so. an absolutely lovely guy. I, I was lucky enough to do a convention with him in Canada. And there were three of us. There was a guy from Star Trek, I, I forget his name, Peter Mayhew and me for some reason at the table next to I him. like that you made Peter Mayhew in that in that description shorter than you for some reason. Peter Mayhew, <laughs> yeah. He was actually yeah. seven feet, what was it, seven feet four? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Very tall. But the incredible thing was whenever he walked in the room, your your mind just saw Chewy because of his his stance and his kind of knock kneed um, walking style. And such a sweet guy. Yeah. I became friends with him and I'm, yeah, my heart was broken a couple of days ago when we found out. So Give it up for Peter. Yeah. Indeed. Were you on? And were you on set with him, or just at the Sonic Adventures? Um, not on set with him, but he was on Revenge of the Sith, as you probably know. Yes. Chewbacca is in that. Yeah. Um, so I think we were probably crossing paths on different days and and that kind of thing in London. Yeah. Um, so technically, it didn't work with him until the conventions. And I should mention, if you want to really celebrate uh, the May the Fourth be with you, this week on Amazon, you can download a free book. Uh, called Chewie, and it's a screenplay about the making of Star Wars from the perspective of Peter Mayhew. Yeah. But this is an original script written by uh, Van Robichaux, who's a you know, relative of a friend of mine. Very said, cool. Hey, nice. this is available for free. Is like, what's a free Star Wars thing? Yeah. Because people are wondering what to do. A lot of times you just walk around and just say, hey, may the fourth be with you, and you're done. Right. right. So everyone who came out to the comedy show or the taping of this podcast tonight, they're doing more than just saying that. And here's something more you can do. Go get the book. Have some fun. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Cool. But it's been a month, Sean, since you and I sat and talked about this uh, Star Wars nonsense. So uh, <laughs> in that time... Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, John, John Williams. Williams. Stop it! <laughs> Stop it, John Williams. Uh, I mean, it makes me want to cry. I did cry. I'm not, I'm not ashamed to admit. I saw that, and I was, like, 13 years yeah. old. You yeah. know, I wish I saw it first on the big screen, because I would have cried. Because the uh, Force Awakens trailer, I was a mess. I was a wreck. I was at Celebration, like, eh, I'm cool, everybody. You know, like, yeah. trying to be cool, but did you, did you guys see it in front of Endgame, though? I did, On the yes, big screen? I did. How yeah. cool was It was that? fantastic. In fact, my daughter asked me, 
uh, before I went to Endgame, what are you most excited about when you go see Endgame? And I said, I really hope they play the trailer for the new Star Wars film before Endgame, and then they did. And I was see. like, yeah, I'm so excited. I can totally go now. Totally good. I mean, although I love the movie. Thank goodness it's all Disney now, so we get the trailers with the Marvel Right, movies. exactly, yeah. I just left after the trailer. I don't know about yeah. you. I don't know what happened in Endgame. I would have been fine if I had done that, although Endgame was fantastic. But yeah. Oh, it was good. I should yeah. probably go back. Yeah. <laughs> Something about the words Star Wars filling the screen from the first time I saw it in, you know, 1977. You know, that movie starts, what are we watching? And then, bah! like, the, just the words filled the screen. Yeah. That's iconic font and text. Yep. And they did it again. Yeah. Just get goosebumps. The, don't the movie you? ends, or the trailer ends with this. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, it's just fantastic. There's, it's fantastic. Now, did you guys notice that the uh, tagline at the beginning, which I think was "Every generation has a legend." Yes. Do you realize where that was from? That's from uh, The Phantom Menace. The first trailer for The Phantom yeah. Menace. So they've gone from oh. episode one, first trailer, to episode nine. And That's wrapped it in a nice sandwich. Wow. Yeah. I, I didn't know that. I love that. Now, thank, you that for, thank you for bringing me in on that. Course. That's awesome. <laughs> now, does that mean anything, though? It's called The Rise of Skywalker. And, of course, episode one introduces Anakin Skywalker. Right. So are they trying to say something there, or are they just making it a nice kind of package? Well, that's the thing that's about she this said. movie. I've, <laughs> I've been saying on this show that because of the way Last Jedi ended, I don't know what I'm going into this new movie to see. Um, I did, like with after Empire, I was like, oh my god, Han Solo is what's going to happen with Han Solo? We got to go rescue him. Oh my god, Darth is Luke's father. I, I don't know what exactly happened at the end of Last Jedi. That's like I have to go see this next movie. But I flipped the script on that a little bit. Oh. Now I'm I'm more in the camp of. I don't know what to expect in this next movie. Like I've kind of come around because the trailer. Got Which, me by high. the way, is why I loved the last Jedi. Yeah, I know. I didn't. I didn't know what to expect. But yeah, From one moment yeah. to the next. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah. I, I like that you flipped the script because we talked about that last time, and there was this sense of like at the end of Last Jedi, like there's like fifty rebels, and they have to wrap up what? Yeah, plots. And yeah, you got some yeah. Jedi books and a maybe Jedi, <laughs> and you got a beat up old ship, and you're on the run. Yeah, I don't know, but I. I don't know. It, well, not you say it sounds pretty cool. I'm excited. I loved everything <laughs> I about the wait. trailer. I, I yeah. really, really did. And I loved seeing Lando. I love Billy D. Williams. He yeah. delivered in just that moment, that laugh. It was so honest. It, I mean, it feels like the, the Star Wars that we grew up with, which is that feeling that, like, that's real. Yeah. That's absolutely. They're on the Millennium Falcon. He's flying it. He's back in his ship. That's a real moment. And I've, I've wait. had... Uh, certain sadness for Chewie. Oh yeah. So I'm glad that he's got you know Lando at yeah. least because you know Han. You know I go there's on a lot about of stuff to do Han up there. Left. Yeah, there's yeah. all kinds of stuff. I mean, <laughs> you had to press. I mean, yeah. All right. Well, um, the Skywalker saga comes to an end in December, and Anakin's journey came to an end in Revenge of the Sith. Now, for those of you who've been living under Bantha fodder and forgotten <laughs> exactly what happened in that movie, here's the quick countdown to nine recap. Mm -hmm. It started a little something, like this. Those goosebumps again. <laughs> War. The Republic is crumbling under attacks by the ruthless Sith Lord, Count Dooku, clearly the most menacing person in the galaxy, named after something you might find in poopy diapers. The Jedi, once the keepers of peace, now serve as generals to an army of clones sworn to stop the Separatist movement from splitting the galaxy in two. Oh, so the clones do attack. Except they're good guys. And they do it one movie after the movie called Attack of the Clones. Always making that uh, distinction. Continue. <laughs> the story's first mission involves Dooku having kidnapped Chancellor Palpatine, the leader of the Republic. Don't believe his lies. Oh. Dooku is assisted in his nefarious plan by the evil General Grievous. <laughs> Jedi's Anakin Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi have been sent to rescue him in a huge battle on Coruscant. 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 Cor what is it? The abdominal snowman. Abdominable. Coruscant. Coruscant. Wait a minute. We had this problem last time. Uh, yeah. Let yeah. me see how Google pronounces it. Coruscant. What? <laughs> well, that's just Siri. Coruscant. No. What? All right, wait. That can't be right. Yoda, a little help here? Coruscant. Ah. Uh, Coruscant. There you go. Thanks. Uh, anyway, the battle ends and Anakin kills Dooku. Yay! But General Grievous gets away. Boo! 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 
after crash landing half of a huge cruiser with his incredible piloting skills on... Coruscant. Anakin learns that he is going to be a father! That's not true! That's impossible! <laughs> this leads him to have some very bad dreams, not uncommon with impending fatherhood. Force dreams are confusing until they're explained to him. You create the world of the dream. We bring the subject into that dream, and they fill it with their subconscious. Oh, interesting. And Anakin believes that the love of his life, Padme, will die in childbirth. It now becomes his sole mission in life to find a way to stop the ones he loves from dying. Meanwhile, Anakin gets a promotion to the Jedi Council, but he is appointed to the Council to spy for the Chancellor, and once on the Council, they order him to spy on Palpatine. It's, it's a mystery! It's a mystery wrapped in a riddle inside an enigma! <laughs> and they will not grant Anakin the rank of Jedi Master. Yeah, uh, he's been real flaky lately. And I'm just not sure that he's the caliber person that we would want for upper management. <laughs> While watching a theatrical extravaganza with Palpatine, Tell me, do you want to go? That's, that can't be what that, that can't be I, from no, the movie. Uh, Anakin learns of the power to save the ones you love that the Sith can offer. Darth Plagueis is a dark lord of the Sith, so powerful and so wise, he could use the Force to influence the midi chlorians to create life. Anakin can feel that there is something inside of him that shouldn't be there, but he can't quite figure out what's wrong. I, I feel funny. <laughs> Why is this happening to me? <laughs> Meanwhile, Obi-Wan travels to the planet Utapau, where he kills Grievous. <laughs> then a lot of stuff goes down. See if you can follow along. Yoda travels to Kashyyyk to defend it from invasion. Palpatine comes out as Darth Sidious. That's brave. Anakin tells on Palpatine to mace Windu. Windu confronts Palpatine. Anakin gets scared and lops off Windu's hand. Palpatine kills Windu. Anakin swears allegiance to Sidious and becomes Darth Vader. Palpatine issues Order 66. The clones kill the Jedi. Vader even kills the little kids. And then he heads off to Mustafar. Very nice. At the same time, Palpatine declares himself Emperor. I'm a very stable genius. <laughs> Transforming the Republic into the Galactic Empire. <laughs> Obi-Wan and Padme also flee to Mustafar, where Padme implores Vader to return to the light side. Here's a clip. may not have been for Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> Eventually, it's teacher versus pupil again. Or, for the first time, for Obi-Wan, uh, as he faces off against Vader in a lightsaber duel. Yep. Obi-Wan gains the higher ground and severs off Vader's legs and arms, leaving him with these final words. Oh, oh, I see. Running away! You yellow bastard! Come back here and people's coming to you! And while the young people are fighting, the old people are fighting too, as Yoda and Palpatine do battle in the Senate chambers and come to a stalemate. Yoda travels to be with Obi-Wan and Padme as Padme gives birth to Luke and Leia before dying. She has lost the will to live. And Palpatine comes to Vader's aid where he reconstructs his apprentice as a cyborg. He's more machine now than a man, twisted and evil. And rather than keep fighting, Yoda and Obi-Wan give up and exile themselves to Dagobah and Tatooine, respectively, after dumping the kids off on Tatooine. And finally, this happens. No! The end. <laughs> All right, there you go. That's Woo! that's your recap. Woo! But you knew what happened. I knew it. You knew it. Christian, you knew what happened. I haven't seen it yet, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we actually were, I mean, I think we should just jump in with that question, which is how much did you know going in? I mean, since you were the standard, did you ever get to read a script? Did you? Yeah, um, the so NDA's got to be like crazy on that set, right? Yeah, yeah, obviously you sign a non-disclosure agreement, but as Anakin's stand-in, they would give me his lines for the day mm -hmm. and the call sheet. So I would really only have snippets of gotcha. what's going on in no, no particular order. Um, and there were typos on the call sheets as well. 
So purposeful typos? No, because I, I know so. when I, I did an episode of Mad Men and and. For the audition, it was like the lines were one way, and then when I booked the job, it was oh. like I showed up and they had changed some stuff. So I was wondering if they did. I think they just trusted me, and it was just a typo. But there was one scene; it was Anakin and Padme, and it's in their apartment. Mm. And the scene was Anakin leans on a pillow and talks to Padme. And because Hayden had a hairpiece for the movie, because he has the long hair, did he really? And, I, yeah. I thought it was his hair. I never no, did. it's got extensions and oh, stuff. Oh, okay, okay. So he would always take longer in makeup. Right. And Natalie was ready. So it was me and Natalie together, you know, rehearsing the scene. Right. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be great. Where's the, where's the pillow? Where's the bed? <laughs> it was pillar. So he leans oh. on a pillar. <laughs> on the wall. So um, there were typos that kind of led me down one path. Damn it. Wow. Yeah. They're like, um, why are you laying on the floor? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and here comes, I brought my own pillow <laughs> to set and nothing happened. Yeah, I, did, I don't understand. And here comes Says, Natalie. Hello. Yeah. Typo, it's Newt yeah. Gunray you're going to be doing. <laughs> Get are, you, are you brain dead? <laughs> yeah. But she, was, she was very sweet. Um, another weird one was they... They were just very flippant about it. So that moment you mentioned where Anakin is lying in the lava and it's actually really emotional. Yes. On the call sheet, it's just um, Anakin becomes toast. <laughs> wow. Like insensitive or what? Wow. Come on. That's rough. It's a big moment. That, that is yeah. rough. $113 million budget. Yep. Uh, yeah, you think they get a typo, right? But um, <laughs> it's in the ballpark of the others. But compared to like Solo had a $275 million budget. Now. Yeah. They also had to do solo almost twice. Yes, <laughs> true, <laughs> true. But that's in the but two hundred seventy like one hundred thirteen is in the realm of the other prequels. Two seventy five right. is in the realm of the other Last Jedi was like two sixty two. Right. You know, so Endgame yeah. was three fifty five. Yeah, made its money back nine times over already. Yeah. Uh, do you know the the most expensive movie of all time? It's none of the ones I've mentioned so far. Gone with the Wind. I was just going to say that. For yeah. inflation? No. Yeah. With inflation? No. Okay. Or or they haven't determined that. They've determined box office via uh, inflation and Gone with the Wind is the biggest movie ever. It's made right. like $2 billion. Like, really? Like nothing. Oh, that's like interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what is it? Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. Oh. Wow. It's Wouldn't not it? even like the, that's the first or the good ones. Like I didn't even see. Yeah. <laughs> that's so <laughs> yeah, random. It makes me sad, really. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I should see it now. <laughs> but, you know, I have always said Star Wars and Marvel are solid investments. Spend yep. what you want, they'll make it back. Yeah. And I remember the last day on set on Revenge of the Sith, um, Rick McCallum, who's the producer, his, his one thing was we came in under budget. So he'd, he'd somehow done a really good job and brought it in under budget. And he was wow. very pleased with that. So, I mean, that is that is part of the producer job, is yep. to bring it in on time and on budget yep. or hopefully under budget. And um, not that he did this, but there are some producers that get paid off of what's left. And so if you come in under budget, well, you just got a bonus. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Not to say that he did that, but you know. accounted for. I yeah. couldn't comment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but considering there are 2,151 shots that use special effects, mm -hmm. that's pretty impressive yeah. that yep. they came in under budget. Most impressive. Yeah. 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 Well see done. What, well see done. what I did there? Well did. done. In a British accent yeah. for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, now this was also the first PG-13. Yeah, the, uh, talk probably because of that scene you're mentioning yeah, with the Anakin burning the death. Yeah. I think close, it was the chopping yeah, off of the of the limbs, and then of course him catching on fire. Which that moment in particular looks amazing. Catching the, the actual catching on fire, like I, burnt toast. I, yeah, yeah. I, like burnt toast. <laughs> I mean, that's probably why they put that in the call sheet. I think yeah. so. <laughs> that's when he became loppy because they lopped his arms off. Is that what the call uh, sheet yeah. said? He becomes loppy. <laughs> No, you know, a little respect. He's Darth Vader. Yeah, that's right. And remember when we had to wait three years? Like, first of all, he didn't grow his hair. He had three years. They make these movies, you know, Yep. three years apart. Now we get a, you know, six months, you get a new Star Wars movie. Yeah. So first of all, they've really moved on how quickly they turn these things around now. Uh, and considering they're trying to do more with them, I'm pretty impressed. Well, they're, they have bigger teams. I mean, that's true. you know, I mean, before, really, there was so much of it that was just ILM. Now, you, I mean, you look at the amount of effects houses that are in the end title yeah. crawl. I mean, it's, you know, there's multiple effects houses because they're only working on, what, 30 seconds? Because yeah. you can only do so much and then you have to, you know, do the final render outs and all that stuff. I mean, th that stuff takes time. And the interesting thing is they're based around the globe. So Lucasfilm now has effects studios in, yep. I think, Singapore. Yep, and Singapore. Uh, London, they just opened a new office. So they can work 24-7 and get footage back to the director 
you know, when he wakes up, right. which is amazing. So clever. Speaking of PG-13, do you know what was the number one PG movie of all time until I think one year ago? PG no. or PG-13? PG. PG. Uh, I'll give you a clue. It's Star Wars. I was going to say, but I would guess it's the, or- the original? original, but Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace. Yeah. Not adjusted for inflation. Right. Um, I don't know what overtook it recently, but... It was, it was the highest grossing of the prequels. Yeah. Huh. Clones took a dive. Uh, Revenge of the Sith knocked back up another 200-some million uh, yeah. at the box office. A lot of people say that's their favorite of the prequels. I would agree with that. Yeah. yeah. I think it's because there's a lot of familiar faces. You know? They're Chewie again. I love Chewie. Yeah. There's a tons of Yoda. You don't have a lot of new characters. Yeah. You get characters that we just saw in the last movie and want to see what happens. With right. Them. There is that, but it's also just bloody awesome. That movie. <laughs> yes. it, I mean, that, that, that saber battle scene is pretty badass. There's so many moments yeah. in that. When Windu goes out the window. Oh, yeah. That's what. <laughs> so, I, again, I was on... I is that what the call sheet said? Out the window. I, I feel yeah. very lucky, but I was on set when they did that as <laughs> yeah. well. The first um, take was meant to be a rehearsal, but Sam didn't realize it was a rehearsal. So he threw himself out of the window, and the stunt guys didn't have the crash mat oh my God. ready. So they... They ran to catch him, just kind of caught him before he landed very, very badly. But he was, he nearly became toast. Oh my I God. Mean, yeah. Wow, that's terrible. Can't hurt yeah. Sam Jackson. That is crazy. Miscommunication, but yeah, he was fine. Wow. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about some of your experiences on set. I mean, what, right. what I mean, specifically, I'm going to jump in. What was it like to work with George Lucas? <laughs> I did, the, that's the mind blown emoji. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so clearly, you went in as a fan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can't not. And can you imagine going into a Star Wars movie? You know, you know what you're driving to when you go to work. Right. You know, you're going to meet George Lucas. You know, the maker. Right. I first the worked, maker. The maker. Thank yeah. the maker. <laughs> Thank the maker. So I first worked with him on the Phantom Menace, and mm. but didn't really interact with him because I was a, a very small ancillary character that was kind of bigged up in a video game. Um, but Revenge of the Sith, I'm working with him directly as, as Anakin Stand-In and Double. And you have to switch off that part of you that's the fan mm-hmm. and the kid yeah. and just go into business mode and just kind of be like, okay, I'm at work, I'm at the office. Inside, I'm just like quaking because this is, you know, every kid's dream. Yeah. Um, and he's such a regular guy, you know, he's, he's very hands-on, so he'll come up, he'll, he'll adjust the lighting stand or something. You'll hear someone muttering behind you, like something rattling. And you turn around, it's, it's George adjusting the lights. Um, oh, you need guys were yelling at him. Hey. Yeah. Well, <laughs> not that I heard. You don't yell at George. A lot of those films were non-union, so yeah. <laughs> true, that's true. And this was in London as well, so yeah. it's, it's uh, equity and different unions. But yeah, yeah. Um, and he would come up to me and like I had a mark where you know where to stand, and he'd say, "Oh, uh, we're gonna move that mark." And I'm just like frozen. Do, do I move it? George is talking to me. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And he, he goes, I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> he just moves it himself. Oh my God. But as time went on, instead of um, calling me Anakin, which he would just say, oh, Anakin, uh, take a step to your left. He would start to call me Christian. And that's when I felt like, okay, I'm now working with George. And it's, it's George and me and, and a thousand other people. But wow. yeah, the, the fan never goes away. Of course. Um, and I started to become a bit more relaxed. So you, you mentioned the, the scene where Palpatine is talking about um, Darth, Darth Plagueis. Plagueis yeah. So that scene we rehearsed. I love how you're pronouncing everything. It's, it's very British. I'm sorry. It's very, very proper. <laughs> Palpatine, Plagueis. It's great. It, yeah, I can't <laughs> help it. Um, I love the American accent, by the way. It's, yeah. a, it's a mutual appreciation. Oh, well, thank you, because <laughs> yeah. we tend to think it's terrible. So no, no, we're no. All, we're always listening to you. Going <laughs> the grass always oh, seems greener on the other side. If only I could sound like that. That's it. Yeah. That's my voice. Oh, that's it. That's yeah. it right now. Okay. Wow. That's your, that's your British? No, that's oh, not my British. <laughs> that's, that's my inner voice of, of peace. If only I could sound like that. No, nothing. Yeah. All right, go on. It's like Leia. It's like Princess Leia. <laughs> but you'll notice they uh, don't get like Matthew McConaughey to do the novelization or the audio books of the Star Wars. It's always a British guy. Oh, yeah. To, That's you know, true. You never, you never get, hey, you don't, 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 don't. All right, we derailed anyway, Go back yeah, to Plagueis. You're seeing um, with Plagueis. So, yeah, I'm becoming more relaxed. And again, and <laughs> Hayden's getting his wig tweaked. So it's me and Ian McDiarmid. So Ian's sitting in the Galaxy Opera House seat and I'm kneeling next to him. It's the beginning of the scene. George comes over and starts directing. And he's like, ah, you know, this is, this is a very big moment now. And uh, 
he's revealing revealing like who's the the grand master of all of this and um you so ian you kind of say your line and then uh anakin you you look at ian and um and um and and he's he's kind of stalled so i just said and kiss <laughs> <laughs> and i thought bloody hell what am i doing don't say oh and there's silence on the set and then george just goes and kiss nice <laughs> so uh, not fired i'm okay it's okay to be relaxed with george so then i got it no yeah it was, was interesting when we had Nalini in for the Nalini last Christian, episode, who was a great awesome. friend of mine, lovely girl. Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, she was talking, we were asking her about George and her experience on the film, and, and she mm-hmm. said he's very relaxed, and you're saying he's very relaxed. Yeah. And I was watching the behind the scenes for Revenge of the Sith to get ready for this one, and like everybody says that, like in the interviews, like, oh, George, is, it's a very relaxed set. It's very yeah. relaxed. Do you think that, that added to. Um, I guess maybe just the comfort level, and and then on the on the flip side of that, did that did that lower the stakes in terms of like, yeah, we got to kind of push it a little bit. We need to, you know, acting wise, you know, because that's sometimes the uh, argument with people about the prequels is that the acting level isn't mm. quite there, and and is is that part of what's missing? The little not not to say you have to have a tense set, but you know what I mean. It's interesting. Uh, episode one, I remember there, there was a bit more. I don't know if it was tension, but definitely it was George coming out of semi-retirement, I guess, back then and hadn't directed for 20 years, I guess. And definitely he was more relaxed on Revenge of the Sith. But also we all felt like we know what we're, we know what we're doing here now. Right. We all, we're all in this together. Mm. This is Star Wars. We know this is special. Mm-hmm. So I don't think you try any less or any more consciously. Um, but I think Hayden definitely just became relaxed with the part. Um, I think he's a fantastic actor. I know some people have criticisms about styles of acting and, and that sort of thing. I'm probably biased, but if you look at his performance in Revenge of the Sith, definitely, you know, whatever you might have said before, he's he'd relaxed into it then. Um, a lot of pressure. Yeah. A lot of pressure for that imagine? role. Yeah. Imagine that fandom and it's all on you. Yep. I mean... Yeah, I don't even want to think about that. <laughs> but I will say in terms of the acting, you know, going back and watching it again, you know, there there and we had this conversation about Attack of the Clones. There's moments that are in there uh that that I feel like it's in the script. There's some there's some beautiful things happening, but we just don't quite get there emotionally. And and one of them for me is the scene where Padme comes and confronts him near the end and they're on Mustafar. I mean, that scene the the writing of it is actually quite I mean, intense and dramatic, and they kind of go there. But I would say, if I was if I was looking at that scene in an acting class, and I was and I was pushing the actors, I'd be like, "You guys are at a seven right now, mm. maybe a seven and a half. I think you need to be at an 11. <laughs> Thing about you George know? is he he's very hands off as a director. Yeah, he'll give you stage direction. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll say, "Turn to your left, turn to your right. More energy, more intense." Yeah, but pretty much other than that, all you hear is action and cut and that's <laughs> obviously he will come up and so he directed me in one thing um this is a weird like claim to fame so i'm the last voice recorded on tape of a george lucas uh, star wars movie oh so it was pickup shots it was my birthday it's january 31st 2005 it's anakin uh talking to palpatine it's the moment when he gets knighted as lord vader he's just thrown window out the window right uh and I'm doing the Palpatine part. So it's just cameras on Hayden. And it's, it's the scene, um, I think it's, because the Jedi do not trust you, my young apprentice. I believe you are the only Jedi with no knowledge of this plot. It's that scene. It's pretty damn good. That, was, that was damn good. I mean, come on. Christian Simpson, everybody. <laughs> hey, thank you. It's, it's been 15 years. Um, so he comes over and he, he's directing me and he says, you know, um, so you're talking about Hayden or Anakin's wife, his girlfriend. Like he's talking to me like I don't know the the movies. Right. He's saying, um, <laughs> "Yeah, the the Senate are going to kill all the Jedi, um, or the the Jedi are going to kill the senators. Right. And one of the senators is Padme. So he's trying to explain to me, you know, just say it more dark, more evil. So um, I did it again, and I just put more emphasis on uh, on the Padme line, including all the senators. You know. Right. And, but I'm standing there thinking, George Lucas is directing me now. Uh, I'm not even on camera. 
but oh. somewhere somewhere on the cutting room floor there's like a mini version of the movie with me doing various parts <laughs> um but yeah the, the direction is definitely it's up to the actors i think ultimately to bring it on set yeah, yeah. that's very interesting he does he does seem to have a lot of trust for the actors yeah yeah which i, mean, I think is great but i i also I, I wonder if that's the thing that was lacking. Oh, and this was something else. The hard ass. The, the hard whip, ass. The whip yeah. cracking. George yeah, I mean, Lucas. I mean, the, the, there are directors that that will call you on your your BS. You know, I mean, uh, and and there's something beautiful about that. You know, when you work with a director that really is like, yeah, I just don't believe you right now. We need to keep going. We need to keep going. Um, very and of course, very I know. Helpful. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's also helpful, but I also realize too that from a producing standpoint, you only have so much time. Got to get through the day. You got a lot of shots. Yeah. I get it. There was one scene we did. It's when, spoilers, Anakin is about to kill the younglings. So he walks in the room and he, he I think the little kid runs up from behind the yeah, chair yeah, and yeah. says, Anakin, Anakin, what are we going to do? Yeah. <laughs> There's so many of them. Or whatever he says. Yeah. Uh, and all Anakin does is, on set, is flick his thumb a little bit to the left. And of course, later they'll put in the lightsaber sound and, and visuals. But all the kid has to react to is Anakin just going, click, flick, you know. Right. So the kid's not reacting. And we did, we're on take seven, take eight. Oh boy. How do we get this kid to do something? And the, the kid was very sweet. He was like asking, you know, which one of them do I react to? Like looking at me in my Jedi robe and Hayden. And I'm like, I wish, I wish it was me, but it's not. Um, and then Hayden came on and did like take nine. And instead of moving his thumb a bit to the left, he just looked at the kid and just went in this kid's face. The kid kind of stumbles on back on his back foot and runs behind the chair and hides. And that's the take you see in nice. the movie. So Hayden took over the directing. That's awesome. That. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, fun, I love him even more moment. now. Yeah. Yeah, he's it, great. It's interesting that uh, because there there's this rumor that Hayden is in episode nine. Um, and the fans have shifted, and there's this tide now where like everybody loves Hayden. Yeah, suddenly. I can't wait to see him. Yeah, yeah. and and I, I I like his performance. I mean, I have my issues and that you know my opinions about things just from you know being right. an actor and a filmmaker, Every, or whatever. As everybody does. does. Yeah. But I I think ultimately it's 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 really fine. It's 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 a good performance. And there's so much going on in these movies. There's so much to consider. Yeah, I don't know if that's true, but just yeah. just to say, I think that that turn was as soon as he did celebration mm. and people just welcomed him back and it was so mm. nice to see all the fans embracing him i would and like to see that happen for jake lloyd yep jake i mean you know he's had some some strife and some problems yeah um definitely been out of the the limelight because of those um i mean i've i played around with jake on set when it, you know it's 1997 and I asked him, you know, do you know who Darth Vader is? Do you know what you're, who you're playing? He's, he's like, yeah, I, I saw the movies, you know. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> but he's like, he'll, he'll be climbing up on a ledge and on the set Ooh, where he's not yeah. meant to be. And okay. It's an eight-year-old kid, so yeah. if anyone is hating on an eight-year-old kid, then you've got other problems. That's terrible. Yeah. 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 Agreed. All right. So I have two unique takes on this movie that I want to bring up real quick. First, do it. The first one is, and actually, it's, it's a take I meant to bring up when we talk about Phantom Menace, because all through these prequels, when you first see Qui-Gon Jinn and, and Obi-Wan Kenobi, they've got the Jedi robes, right? Are they? If you look at the first movie... Are they what? Obi-Wan Kenobi wears a robe because he's in hiding on Tatooine. So he dresses like people on Tatooine, like Uncle oh, Owen. Okay. Now, by the time you get to the, the Return of the Jedi, it looks like a Jedi wears all black. And is a badass, black-dressed outfit guy so now it, well we got to talk about that there's a sidebar conversation for the black okay. outfit and jedi but go but, on all so right. it seems like george lucas said all right well jedi is now dressed like people in tatooine is that true because hmm. there's a case there there's a case that you know i mean ben is hiding in exile well go ahead what do you think well to me okay first the the return of the jedi thing I think that was more a reference of him going towards the dark side. Definitely. And he, there, there's an ultimate choice there. Is he going to make the choice to go to the dark side or is he going to go to the light? And I mean, because he really kind of does start to go towards the dark side. I mean, he's... he's but he dressed like that when he showed up at Jabba's palace. That's what I'm saying. I mean, right out of the gate. I mean, he strangles the, uh, the Gamorrean guard uh, with the Force. That is not something we see Jedi do. So he's definitely... 
teetering on the dark side throughout that entire film. And that's a good point, just to pick up on that. At the end of the film, when he's, you know, helped his father off the Death Star, and, you know, the flap at the top of his shirt has fallen, one button has fallen open, and you see the, the white inside of the outfit. Right. On the other side, it's, it's light colored. Right. And it's showing, I feel like, it's the revealing of his light side coming back. Yeah. Um, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it's, it's, I think there's a lot of visual poetry that George puts in there. Here I just thought they said Obi-Wan wore this, so now Jedi's wear that. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, back to that point, I mean, it's an interesting observation. I mean, how much of, you know, there's always that question of how much of the things we saw in, in, as the films progressed was actually intentional. How much of it was really, uh, I, mean, I don't mean intentional, I mean, uh, uh, had, had that big of a forethought. Predetermined, yeah. maybe that's a better word. Yeah. You know, how much of it was really back in that, oh, well, yeah, I'm definitely going to, this is what a Jedi does, and this is a Jedi. I mean, how much of that? It, it's, I think it changed a lot as he went along. Yeah. Have you ever read the first draft of The Adventures of Starkiller? No. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I have it. I've never read the entire thing. Okay. Although it's really interesting reading it the mo the one the pieces I have because there's all these moments of like a dark lord of the Sith it, yeah. as a descriptive in the script which we never hear as a descriptive in the original Star Wars film and the Journal of the Wills uh, I think that's the subtitle or, or something which by the yeah. way is what the seven eight nine were supposed to be about right right yeah and it was supposed to tie the midi chlorians and the Force and the Wills all, like they're the microscopic organism that actually will the midichlorians to use the force to create whatever anyway so yeah, yeah. and that that original script had mace windy yes he was called <laughs> so i learned something very weird on on my birthday on that on that day on set because we'd finished in august 2004 and we were always told there's going to be one more day it's going to be the final day it's going to be 31st of january and i was like cool my birthday um and we were at shepperton studios for the whole of the uk shoot and then we moved to elstree for that one day and Elstree is where he filmed the original trilogy. And we were on H stage. So this was all getting a bit weird. And then George actually very rarely kind of gave a speech. Not, not a big speech, but he said, um, he explained that stage H and where we were standing was where they filmed the first shot in 1976. Oh he said the Millennium Falcon cockpit was over there. Harrison and Luke were in that. And we were on that stage. And he wanted to wrap up his six movie journey um, on the same spot, so I I later asked, you know, why why thirty first of January? So that was the first day, as I understand it, that he started shooting uh, episode four, A New Hope, thirty first of January. And it turns out he'd started writing that original draft on in January nineteen seventy three. Mm. I think thirty first of January, which was the day I was born. Oh, so there man. there I am on my birthday. You were meant to do this. I didn't tell anyone it was my birthday, but as a fan and just feeling like you've kind of been on that journey, we all have our own stories yes. about, about Star Wars. Yes. So that was my little fun tidbit. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow, that's so cool. It's interesting, too, that you brought up. I mean, we do all have our personal stories with Star I mean, that's why we're doing this podcast. Exactly. I mean, yeah. you know, there's something. So I was thinking about this idea of, of May, May the 4th. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's essentially become this holiday. Yeah. That that and I love that it's it's just a joyful holiday. It's a it's a time to remember something that you know pop culture that people love and how much it's affected yeah. you know all kinds of things. But uh, yeah, we all have special stories and special parts of our journey. I don't know if you guys have anything you, that you comes to mind that you want to share that's just like a special Star Wars connection. Well, I saw the first one with my dad. Likewise, you know. Yeah, yeah and I hadn't. Uh, were you at the premiere for this one for Revenge of the Sith? Uh, in Germany. Not not okay. London, but yeah, Berlin. Yeah, that's cool. It was cool. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking about when I saw Revenge of the Sith. I was at the Cinerama Dome at the ArcLight down. That's in, also cool. But I was like, where were you? Germany. <laughs> I had to watch it in German though, which for the first oh, time. Oh no, which was that's not, that's not, not as so fun. cool. <laughs> I hadn't seen it until Wait, then. There was talk so. of a of a because technology had advanced so much by the time you get to Revenge of the Sith, as soon as the movie was released, bootlegs. Oh mm. yes, and that, there was yeah. one in True. China that was uh, it suffered awful translation. The Jedi Council was called the Presbyterian Church. <laughs> and that's the, that's the 1973 script. Yeah, yeah. that's that was in the original. Invaders, no, it came up 
do not want. <laughs> do not want. Do not want. Bad for me. Yeah. Love it. But, so anyway. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Well, I mean, other star. I mean. Yeah, that's the first when time. When I ask someone what their favorite movie of, uh, is of all time, hmm. it's presumed besides Star Wars. Because right. it of is course. that special to everybody. A- apart from The Empire Strikes Back, what's your favorite movie of all time? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm that rare guy, though. I like the first one the best. That's a good film. Yeah. I mean, kind of like we were talking earlier with people about Star Wars movies. And, uh, you know, he says, well, Empire doesn't have any ending. It's you know, a cliffhanger. So mm. Star Wars maybe just beginning and ending and being a full full uh, I mean, yeah. arc of a story puts I it over the top for me. Plus, I don't know. I love it. That Death Star battle. I mean, every time you watch it, you get chills. It's that is the perfect movie moment. Yeah. So I can. Understand. When was the last time you saw the Death Star battle from the original Star Wars film, the original version with the squares around the time? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, pre nineteen. They're hard to find. Yeah, yeah. it's hard yeah. to find. Pre ninety nine, I guess it was. When, yeah. When did the special edition come out? Ninety seven. Ninety seven. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. And I'm one of those weird people who likes the special edition and and the updates. And I'll tell you why. I think even the Han shooting. I'm just I'm just going to take it all because <laughs> it's George's story. Yes. And I'm going to say what it, it's his thing. Whatever his his vision was, and he says that was how he meant it to look, and it didn't look like that in mm. the original cut, and he didn't have the effects to edit the shot in the original cut. So finally, he got the budget to be able to do it. But for me, it's more than that. It's that when you update these things, it brings them back for a new generation. Sure. So when you st- when you enhance something you remaster it you put it on blu-ray that is much better than trying to pick up caravan of courage or something on vhs (laughs) yeah the ewok i agree so i think that that's an important part of keeping the movies alive and they're never going to die anyway but to keep younger people younger audiences uh, into it and engaged yeah, yeah i think that's important that makes perfect sense. So my other weird take on this movie is because I just watched the opening battle sequence, which is a great sequence. The first time a Star Wars movie had like a minute and a half unedited yeah. cut. At the, and apparently that was top. supposed to be longer, like oh, much longer. Oh, I have that. They shot an hour. Yeah. Like, and there, yeah. So there's a whole bunch of stuff. They, they shot and put together an hour-long battle yep. to start that movie. But um, one of the first couple scenes, the clones are, are in one ship and... Anakin and Obi-Wan are in another and they're getting Anakin's worried about the clones and he, and he says something like uh, they're doing their job and then they blow up yeah there's no concern for like wow we're creating people like the whole scientific idea that mm. now a whole we're, movie yeah. could take on for we're creating people and we're just using them for our they don't care yeah <laughs> it is right. interesting that they never touched I, I never thought about it until I said these guys are just dying for they were built to die and that's it they, is there any moral touch, dilemma we can have about it? But they touch on that a little bit in the Clone Wars, uh, Clone Wars series, right? Is it Clone Wars? No, Star Wars Rebels. Rebels? That's where. Okay, yeah. That's where it was. I, I saw there's there's some stuff with like the clones later on, and some of them go off and kind of start their own little you know I don't know villages. I don't know they're the village people, whatever. Right. You know, but but they but they have this struggle uh, because they do kind of end up having sort of different personalities, even though they all look the same. Mm. And so I don't know that it, it's a it's a valid point i also think within that sequence there's there's a very big in my opinion there's a there's a missed opportunity um i have a problem with they always reference anakin as this massively powerful jedi and other than this great lightsaber battle which is incredible i mean hayden and and uh ewan mcgregor did did a fantastic job but other than than that which it's great i don't know that i ever see this moment where he is the this massively powerful Jedi, the, the, you know, I, I wanted to see that, and so for me, the missed moment was when that ship is coming in and and it splits apart, and you know they have this this dialogue of like, well, I can, I'm still flying half a ship, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think it would have been incredible if if he would have just sat back as they're coming in fast and just closed his eyes and used the force and slowed it down and laid it down and just have that moment with with Obi-Wan and Palpatine looking over at each other like, holy crap, what just happened? That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would have liked to have seen that. Yeah. And we all have Special our little... Edition. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we all have our rewrites yeah. that we, w- we would have done something differently. Yes. That would have been pretty epic. I think it would have just solidified the power. I just, yeah. I, I really missed this sense of like him being so powerful but pod racing 
No. Yeah, okay. I know, I know. <laughs> I tried. It, 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 I mean, it's amazing, and they did a great job with the effects, and there's so much, we talked about it in our episode one right. thing, but it just is, it's not engaging emotionally. Yeah. That's the biggest yeah, challenge course, with it. Yeah. yeah. That's a, that's a cool moment though. Yeah. If we yeah. Have, if we ever remake Star Wars, you're you're in. There you go. You have a shot. I started writing up my own episode seven when they said they were doing episode seven. Just I remember the, the intro. Yeah. You read yeah. it. You read it out to me. You explained yeah. it, and yeah. it, was, it was not bad. No, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. We'll 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 get into that when we get into episode seven. Not the time. <laughs> I mean, I the, I watched the crawl for this again, and I hadn't seen it in a while. There's a line right at the top. They're talking about you know, there's a big galactic battle. There are heroes on both on both sides. They're both. There are heroes on both sides. Oh, what was that? Uh, <laughs> I was going to play that. I'm a very stable genius. Yeah. <laughs> very fine people on both sides. Oh yeah. I don't think so. There's there's good guys and bad guys in the Star Wars. Universe. So who are the heroes on the other side then? In this I'm movie? curious to know. It says so in the scroll that there are some heroes on both sides. Well, oh. I think I think that's alluding to. The concept that that this is the battle in the prequels, at least from my from my point of view, is that it is about a point of view. I mean, that's really what starts to happen with Padme, where she even has that scene with Anakin, where she's like, "Have you ever considered that we're on the wrong side?" And, and so he's like, "You're starting to sound like yeah. a separatist and all that." I mean, and, and there's something to that, yeah. really. I mean, that's that actually to me is is the brilliance in the story writing of the prequels is this is this sort of convoluted like who are the bad guys yeah who are the bad guys <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know i mean because you just you kind of don't know so that's what they're trying to reference in the opening crawl then is yeah that, yeah yeah okay like that. well that's what it is yeah yeah it's my take but well there's a you know i read one reviews take that said that this is basically bush the story of bush mm. Like you take bush president and bush uh george george w <laughs> not he's bush. not a 70s bush. porn <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, it, it's Bush and the Patriot Act. That's what someone was saying this movie is in the mid '90s. Yeah, but uh, I don't know if Lucas was really thinking that far ahead to do that kind of thing. But. Well, there's certainly a lot of political overtones throughout the entire prequel series I and think. undertones. Yeah, mm. yeah. I think he probably was, but I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. He didn't, he didn't divulge that information to me. Damn it! He just said action. We're going to send you back in to get more of that. All right. Uh, now, a question I have for you is, you, I, was, I was mentioning this earlier when I was introducing you to people. You are, have infiltrated a number of different properties at Star Wars. Think of, think of a guy like John Hollis. He played Lobot, and he was done. Right. All right? You were in Phantom Menace. You played uh, Bravo 6. Right. Uh, and then suddenly you're, what, I, I got a few here. BD-3000. You did mocap for BD that? BD-3000. She's the female luxury droid. Yeah, first of so, all, that's, I, mean, I need one of those. What? <laughs> I didn't know I was going to uh, be hey, man, female. Your wife is right there. <laughs> Karen, I need one of those. I, I'm right here. Um, so, Christian, what would you do to me if you were a luxury droid? I, I just, well, I'd do what George told me to do, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that was. That's going to get weird. <laughs> Could get weird. kind of a hippie. Uh, yeah. But he, we were on set, and he just said, okay, uh, you're, this, uh, you're assisting this uh, senator here, and there's like an alien senator. Uh, just just kind of move your arms, you know, like you're like a robot. And I'm very, I'm very tall. <laughs> so you're like, Tomore gato, mister. Well, they're going to replace me by with CG. So I'm, right. a, I'm a reference, you know. Right. Um, I just want to say, genius, please fill me with your knowledge. I've been waiting my whole life to get in front of you, to have you rain down upon me <laughs> wisdom. Oh, you know, act like a robot a little bit. <laughs> I mean, that's what he said. But he didn't, didn't tell me I was going to be female. So I see the movie in, in Germany and I've got big metal breasts. Yeah. Like, you could have warned me, George. Massaging Newt Gunray. <laughs> or giving me a that, reference yeah. point. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about before. And your breasts are kind of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, you were a kyber crystal thief in Rogue One. And yeah, one of the rebels, one of Saw, Saw Guerrera's rebels. So if, in the Jeddah town battle, the ambush on Rogue One, mm -hmm. when you hear, if you hear someone shouting, Oh, kyber! Kaiba, Kaiba, that's me. <laughs> just random things. But would I rather be Lobot than just random voices and random small characters? Probably. Yeah, it's got true. quite a following. Yeah, right? yeah. I'm happy though. So, but yeah. how do you? But how do you get? I mean, what is it that I you? I don't know. Did you, did you make good relationships with casting directors? Did you? Were you just great on the so, set? Yeah. Where did Where did the journey actually start for you? That's a good point. So people ask me, you know, what, how 
Yeah, they say Turns out they already want They say, well, you know, what advice can you give to get into those kind of things? So, but I think honestly, you can't predetermine it. So my journey was, I heard they were making these new prequels. I wrote to the production manager. I said, can I sweep the floors? He said, no. Then I, then I saw a random advert and they said, we're, we're looking, uh, we're casting for um, ancillary characters. And I saw it on the internet. It was on Ain't It Cool News, if you ever remember that mm -hmm. website. It's still there, still there. And I phoned the casting director and I said, please get me an audition. I have to do this. And she said, oh, the deadline's tomorrow. We need to get a photo and stuff. You don't have time. So I registered mail, sent in a photo, sent in my acting resume and qualifications. She got me an audition. I waited three months by the phone. Then the phone rang and uh, it was her. And she said, oh, Christian, what are you doing in uh, August for three months? I said, why? She said, oh, they want you for Star Wars. And you can imagine, I talked about being you know, the little fan inside. Yes, you. I yes. Mean, my gosh. So I went to the fitting and all that good stuff. So on the set, I thought, okay, I've got to speak to the producer, which was Rick McCallum. And he was the loveliest guy. He put mm. his arm around me, talked about give, giving me a credit in the, at the end of the movie and blah, blah, blah. I followed up with email, so I kept in touch with him afterwards. He sent me a Christmas card, you know, this kind of thing. I invited him to my wedding, those, those wow. sort of things. Um, he didn't come, but... <laughs> right, but still, I mean, he's he got an invitation, <laughs> damn it. I invited so. Harrison Ford to my <laughs> wedding. He but he's, he's like, when's the wedding? And you know, asked me the, the info. So just keep in touch. And then by the time Revenge, so Attack of the Clones, they made almost all in Australia. So they did one day, literally one day in London. That was it. So I was, there's no chance. Revenge of the Sith, I send an email. I say, hey, Rick, uh, I think you might need a stand-in for Hayden. And I'm the same height and kind of look a little similar. And he's, he just replied immediately. In fact, he replied before I'd sent it because he was in Australia. So if you count the time zone, I got the <laughs> reply <laughs> like that. What? And he said, yeah, oh, yeah, email um, Polly at Jack Productions. So the production company was called Jack, which was named after the initials of George's kids. Oh. So I emailed her, and one thing led to another, and I'm on set on Revenge of the Sith. Wow. And then I get to know other people and sound guy. So Matt Wood, who voices General Grievous, is a really good friend of mine. He's, he did all the battle droid voices. He's the supervising sound editor at um, Skywalker Sound. With a couple of Oscar nominations exactly. for these films yeah. under his belt. Yeah. Yeah. Should have won them as well. Yeah. Um, so then again, it's it's kind of becomes who you know. And it's just a random meeting at Celebration uh, in Anaheim. And I just kind of joked with him. Like, hey, you got to get me in the studio, you know. And I was there with, with my wife. And he said, oh, actually, yeah, what are you guys doing in August? And are you SAG? And I said, yes, we're SAG. And he said, okay, I'll be in touch. Thought nothing of it. Right. July, we get an email, and it's for The Force Awakens. Oh, my God. And there's 10 of us oh going God. in to voice all the ancillary characters and stormtroopers. And, and then that carries on, and it ends up being the Lego Force Awakens video game. And I, I voice Kaitha Inali, another random character. Yeah. That's Poe Dameron's wingman in yeah, The Last big Jedi. Big role in, uh, in yeah. Last Jedi. Yeah. So it's, it just spiraled all from just kind of being a little ballsy on the set of, with the producer on episode one. And you just wow. got to kind of just take those chances. Don't push it, but, you know, knock on doors. And How many yeah. actors, though, have trans... Have tra translated? Tra Transgen How many Transgen trans bonded? Trans what? There's a lot of trans actors. Transmuted? <laughs> I'm not transgender. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with that. Or appeared <laughs> in uh, the, the, uh, the prequel trilogy and the uh, new films. Right. I mean, you're, you're Anthony Daniels, Anthony, right? Yeah. Uh, and Peter Mayhew. Peter, Kenny Baker was in Force Awakens briefly. And oh, Christian. was he? I didn't know that. Yeah, oh, he's that's credited awesome. in that. Actually, <clears throat> that's another fun story. So we were on the set of Revenge of the Sith. Kenny isn't in the movie. It's all CG, R2. Kenny Baker then appears to my left. And because I'm in sitting in Hayden's... Because I'm sitting low, essentially. Um, Kenny comes up to me instead of George. And I'm like, well, this is really weird, but also, hi, I love you. <laughs> um, and he, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, should I talk to George? Like, I'm not meant to be here, but I heard they were filming. And, you know, I just, I was in the area and they let me through security because, you know, and, and he hitched a ride on a, on a golf buggy. Oh, my God. Um, and he told me this kind of story about, you know, how he hasn't had a chance to do these new, this new film. So I saw him on episode one, but not three. 
And I was like, yeah, yeah. Well, what have you got to lose? George is right there. Go and go and ask him to be in the movie. So he's like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. Oh. So George oh then George then sees him, and they then Kenny goes over and talks to George. One thing leads to another, and they fly Kenny over to um, Skywalker Ranch to film blue screen R two D two stuff for awesome. Revenge of the Sith, and then he ended up being in The Force Awakens as well. Oh my god! Yeah, so he's he's credited obviously in those oh man um, what a great story yeah so oh. there's anthony there's kenny there's peter wow. ian mcdermott uh, maybe in episode yeah. nine yeah. uh yeah now y- you've i know we're jumping all over the place but oh well let's do it you and mcgregor um, voice in the force awakens yes oh yeah, yeah very briefly in the Maz canada she's taking her first yeah. steps yes um, yeah. uh you have alluded to with conversations you and I have had that, that you have some what? knowledge what? of where this is headed. It, it, do you know a, a lot? And I won't ask you to... My, and, my you headphones know, just cut out. I can't hear you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Verizon? Verizon? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, do, do you have a knowledge of, of where this is headed or, or, or no? Very, very little. Okay. Yeah, I know like a couple of characters that haven't been announced yet, that kind of thing. Right. But, yeah. Are um, you announced as an actor? On, uh, no. No, no. But I'm reading all the blogs and all the speculation and stuff, and I'm as excited uh, as anyone. Lots of speculation. Jeez, nowadays, yeah. man, I mean, Marvel, Game of Thrones, Star Wars, people online going nuts just mm-hmm. with, with the theories. It's crazy. Yeah. It's yeah. fun. Though. I kind of, yeah, fun. it's tough. It fills the void. I don't want to read the one that's right, though. <laughs> that's they're the problem. Never, they're, never go, right. uh, they're never right. Uh, there was one There was one Game, Game of Thrones one. I, oh, really? Yeah. Oh. There was an Endgame one as well. Um, so I watched Endgame a couple of months ago because I do the audio description narration. So if you turn on, like on Netflix, or if you go into the cinema and you ask for audio description, they'll give you a little decoder, and I'll narrate the entire movie, oh, wow. which my voice is still recovering. <laughs> so I got to see that, and there was, one, there was one Reddit thread that was exactly what happened. Oh, wow. And of course, everyone's like, this is rubbish. This is, no, that doesn't happen. And I'm like, thank goodness you do not believe what you're reading because right. that's true wow, wow. <laughs> wait yeah. so I could go home to Netflix right now and hear you describe uh, if you turn well, on I mean Endgame isn't there but turn Infinity it on, War? on Infinity War and I'll narrate the whole movie I'm going to do that yeah. which helps you keep track of all the 30,000 uh, Avenger uh, characters yeah. <laughs> yeah so what, the, what do they have what's their power what? yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah it's kind of fun to think if you could turn on audio description on all the cinemas that are playing Endgame right now I'm, I, like, would my voice just be a hum? Would it just be like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But it's encoded in all the viewing interests, which is, is kind of cool. Wow. Well, I always ask everybody who comes on the show what their favorite movie of all time is. But before we get to that, what is your favorite Star Wars movie? You've appeared in many of them. You've seen them all, no doubt. You're a huge fan. Is it Empire? It's getting harder to choose. Rogue One was, was awesome. Um, and I'm not saying that because I'm biased. We, we went back and watched that four times at least. Me and my wife. Um, she's also a voice actor. Her name's Orly Schumacher, and she was in The Force Awakens. Oh, cool. Uh, you remember the TIE fighter sand scavenger who runs along and picks yeah, up yeah. the TIE fighter piece out of the sand after um, Ray and uh, what's his name, Finn, shoot it down? So she voices that character. Oh, nice. Uh, she, she says, Masati had said. Just to oh my god! I want to go back and watch Force Awakens. I don't want to. I don't yeah. want to get knock her out of work, but you could have done that. That was great. <laughs> I tried. No, wow, <laughs> it got rough up in here. That was. It was a female. It definitely was a female. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she's she's cool. So we love those films. Nice. Um, but we loved Rogue One. But I think I have to say Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, it's tough yeah. to get away from that. But it's just solid. It's just a great motion picture. I think it's just a well-made film. Yeah. Yeah. All around. So then, expanding that, what is your favorite movie of all the movies ever made of all time? I would have to say The Empire Strikes Back. Really? Gen- genuinely, Stick that's my it. answer right. to, to anyone that asks. We get that a lot. There are a million other cool movies that I've seen, but nothing that, yeah. We get Empire all. a lot. Uh, well, on the other movie guys podcasts I've done, Empire, Raiders, Lebowski. Mm-hmm. Lebowski goes up a ton. Yep. And so does Casablanca. So. There's a John Cusack movie called Better Off Dead. That movie's I'm quite amazing. Partial, oh, yes. I'm quite oh, partial yes. To. Yes. At the movie, yeah. guys, we had Diane Franklin on the show. She played Monique. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, oh, cool. we, I mean, just, that was a, another thing. Like, yeah. he was like, oh, I'm a little kid. I'm like, Monique, I love you. Great soundtrack as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, all right. Well, the, that's three movies down, Sean. Three movies down. Seven to go that's here incredible. in the Countdown Tonight podcast. Please come back on the 15th of every month. Yep. And don't forget, uh, the last show of our run will post five days before the release of Episode Nine, The Rise of Skywalker. Once again, I'm Paul Preston. I'm Sean Blodgett. Thanks to Christian Simpson. You're, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Let's plug, Thanks for being here. Throw some plugs. You're also Any plugs, yeah. yeah a retro gamer, right? I didn't even know what that is. Yeah, retro. I have a YouTube channel called Retro Recipes, and it deals with old vintage computers and old gaming systems, Nintendo, Commodore, that kind of thing. I refurbish them. <gasps> Space I, Taxi? Uh, possibly. Uh, Commodore Maybe 64 Space Taxi. <laughs> yes. Game. Commodore 64 is the primary focus. So Retro Recipes on YouTube. Nice. Uh, yeah, that's, that'll do for a plug. All right. That's cool. awesome. Thank you. Good plug. And, uh, of course, you can find us on Facebook.com slash Countdown to Nine, at Countdown to Nine everywhere else, Twitter and Instagram and all that uh, stuff. And you can get the show at YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and, of course, themovieguys.net. Join us next month as we wrap up the prequel trilogy uh, with a look at... Oh, we've done that. We've done we've that. Wrapped we've wrapped up done the prequel that. We trilogy. Wrapped, we, we wrapped it up. wrapped it up. Moving on to about, Solo. There you go. A Star Wars story. Until June, Sean, I love you. I know.